With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. For any Yankee fans looking for a podcast to listen to, I suggest you check out NYY Sports Talk. Are you listening? Tune into the fellas. Damn. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. There's no BS, there's no drama. Uh. You just feel like you with the fellas talking baseball. Uh. Welcome back. This is episode 261 of the NYYST podcast. I'm your host, Christian. As always, joined by my co-host, Chris. You. And convalescing at home, SGR in you, spirit. You know how my vocabulary has gotten better, but you 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 reached my threshold with that word. Dude, you, convalescing, really? I've never used it. I can kind of get a feel <laughs> for what it means, but you 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 definitely put me overboard there. He's resting. He's getting he's better. Resting. He's resting. He's, he's healing God. Up. He is healing. No, with he's God. not. Don't say that. Don't say he's that. He's healing with. No, man. SGR had a serious fucking scare, dude. He was. Let me just, without going into too much detail, I don't want to break any HIPAA laws if that's how that works. But uh, SGR was like, uh, if he didn't get to the doctor when he did with what was going on, could have been fucking dead right now, dude. And we wouldn't have a show, which is obviously top priority when it comes to his health. So, yeah, but if you if you died, we'd continue to show. Oh, 100%. You don't need if, me. Uh, you, well, no. you do need me, but you can find... I mean, I mean, podcast producers I, are expendable, especially with the new network and everything. You'd have plenty of people who can help you record and, uh, you know, get the show out. And that would know, be but, it. But uh, SGR did have a very serious health scare uh, last week. Uh, he is doing much better. Resting, like we said, he's resting at home. Uh, we definitely want to, you know, just shout out SGR. He'll be back in a few weeks whenever he's up for it. Um, yeah, I didn't even, but, uh, I didn't even mention the show. I didn't want to pressure. I didn't want him to feel pressured to come on this week. I just, he just needs rest. You know, yeah. a couple yanks, a couple yanks during this recovery. Maybe, maybe too many yanks. Did he, did he yank too did, hard? Did he out yank himself? Well, well, if you really think about it, maybe. <laughs> He was overcompensating for how little the Yankees yanked in the last few weeks. So he was really yanking a little aggressively and things got a little scary. Yeah. So uh, SGR, we know you're listening, man. Uh, Obviously we've talked to you many times uh, in between, but you know, publicly we just want to say, get better, bro. The show needs you. We need you. Uh, We need you. The fans need you. The listeners need you. And Coach Uh, Walter needs you. Yeah, there's a lot to get to, even though there's nothing to get to, because uh, we haven't been, uh, we haven't recorded in about two weeks. Because we went to every other week during the off season. Uh, since then, the Yankees have done nothing, and now Major League Baseball is doing nothing. But we'll get to that in a quick moment. Uh, as Chris alluded to, the new network. Uh, it's we're recording uh, today's Wednesday, right? Yeah, today I think so. 
And yeah, man, whenever you're out a day, it screws up your entire week. It fucks you up. But before you even go into anything with the network, um, we will have, I, I don't have a definite time, but keep your eyes peeled on our, on our main account, MYY sports talk at MYY sports talk. We will be retweeting some type of an of an announcement early afternoon on Saturday. Well, we'll that's probably have more details s- Friday for you, but I wasn't. That's what I was going to say. Is please be on the lookout on December 11th, this coming Saturday, for the official announcement of the network, where we're going, who we're going to be with, and the future Dude, of the podcast. I'm so fucking excited! We got a new fucking intro. It is sick. It just everything about this so far, I've never been more optimistic. If you're a fan of this show, I promise you this is the time to get anyone else on board and and fucking just ride this wave with us. And please, if you're listening, if you're a first-time listener, you just started listening, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please take two seconds, leave us a five-star rating and review. Uh, anything less, you can dock the go-fouch yourself. And, uh, and that's it, man. We need... To, we right now we appreciate all the support we've gotten to this point it's like extremely humbling it's been an amazing ride but right now we need you more than ever because this shit's about to take off and you're going to want to say that you were with you us were from there. the beginning you were there you, you you're not a bandwagon you were there uh yeah so uh we you know you can hop on the bandwagon but you oh, know we you don't mind be, there's plenty of room you, you You'll never be the OG, but you can. There's still room on the bus for you. There's always room. It's a big bus. It's a big bus. It's a huge fucking bus, and, and there's well, a, because and there's always room because Guardy's got to take public transportation now. True, he did sell. He officially sold the, the Brett jet. I saw it on um, uh, on Facebook Marketplace. Uh, please go to patreon.com slash NYYST, become a patron of the show. I promise you, before the clock strikes midnight into 2022, I will record a Patreon show. So <laughs> Yeah, and and also, as far as the Patreons are concerned, again, and I'm not trying to blow smoke up, up this show's ass right now, the platform we're entering, if everything goes according to plan... Our platform is going to be much larger with a lot more, a lot more engagement, a lot more people tuning in. We want that intimate setting with our, with our patrons where we're going to start going live a lot with you doing questions and answers and, and all that kind of stuff. So if you want to be a part of that now to gear up into 2022, like Christian said, go to patreon.com slash MYYST. Uh, yeah so uh we'll uh there's uh there's a lockout in major league baseball they could not come to an agreement uh last week uh the players and the owners and it, the uh it's it's a shutdown right now which um, was expected yeah i mean i know a lot of people are freaking out right now me personally until it affects the Yankees getting the spring training, the Yankees playing spring training games, God forbid, the Yankees starting the season on time. I'm not worried about it. Because yeah. I, I think I think honestly, I think we have plenty of time. It's December eighth. I think we got plenty of time to get this shit resolved. And I'm not here to I don't want to deep dive this thing because honestly, it it bores me. I just yeah. want it fixed and over with. 
and and get and get back to get back to what we like to talk about. Um, you know, people are like, "How do you take? You can't take the owner side, and you got to take the play." You know what? It's people that play base play a game for a living versus billionaires not being able to argue. And who's suffering? The fans are suffering. So yeah, I'll say this. Here's why I'm not worried about it. If we didn't have this whole COVID, you know, pandemic this last these last couple of years, revenue was lost. Maybe I I could see this thing going a little a little longer than needed than necessary. I don't think either side wants this to affect the season. I don't think they'll allow it to. I really don't. Plus, you have too many you have too many big names left in, on the market that it's just not it's not good for anyone. And it's not about fucking taking sides. Look, everyone wants to everyone wants to say the owners are the bad guys. It, it's a business. I mean, it's a fucking business. And and there's a lot of shit that needs to be worked out. I I partly, I mean, I know this was this lockout was expected, but you got to put some blame on Manfred here. He has caused so much chaos in Major League Baseball that there's so many different things that need to be addressed that probably shouldn't have had to have been. And and I blame him a little bit for this. I really do. I mean, in the in the past uh, since we last recorded, I mean, it, there was a story that came out that he sent two different types yeah. of balls out this year. And you can believe I mean, it because we've heard these stories in the past. All right. How much fun was the field? Of, I mean, the Yankees lost heartbreaking fashion, but how much fun was the field of dreams game? It was amazing. Can I just say one thing? I don't want to cut off the show here. Can you just pull your cord to the, to your left ear a little bit more? Yeah, that's Why? good. Well, no, you're good you? now. You're good. I just did. I, I didn't want it to move away from your mouth. We're trying to do a little thing different. So it might sound a little different this week, but we'll be back on track. Okay, go. Field of Dreams. Phenomenal. It was one of the best what? things they've ever done. I got to say that. Why was it so much fun? Guys were, they were killing uh, tons of home runs, right? Home runs. And it, just the feel of it all was great. But, but, yes. Did yeah, you ball not, was did, flying 600 feet into the corn maze. Did you not think that something was up in that game? Oh, and we knew it. We said it from the beginning. And, and then the report comes out that they would send the balls uh, that would travel further to big time games. Didn't you feel like, uh, in that 9-11 series with the Yankees and Mets, you know, some of the, it seemed to be a little bit more home runs there. Yeah. Yeah, you know. It's like, believable. It's, it's be- very it's believable. believable. And here's what the problem is. You're in bed with gambling companies now. You can't compromise yep. the integrity of the game because let's say the, just for hypothetical, you know, argument's sake, the over-under on a Tigers-Royals game is five runs. And you send dead balls to that game. Yeah, you're. Plus, you, yeah. you're 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 bet. You want people to bet on this game, but you're changing the the outcome of the game based on the equipment that you send there. Plus, plus you got to look that's at that's a it, big pro. That's a huge problem. Listen, you got to look at it even further than that. And it's there's this there's this one documentary. It's a docu series. I think it's called Bad Sport. On Netflix, I told you to watch it. I watched the first episode. The other one's kind of bored me, but the first episode was really great. It was about, um, I think it was LSU basketball back in the '90s, and the kid, this kid, you know, he came from he came from a poor family. He didn't have a lot of money, and he got the first whiff of like, hey, twenty thousand dollars to to fix the game, and 
when you start doing shit like that, when you start incorporating different things where people can know too much, that causes, when you talk about the integrity of the game, that goes twofold when you're talking about sports betting now because it goes to the game itself. And then you have people who, listen, Manfred is not the only one who knows that those balls are being juiced in that series. Who's to say that maybe the algorithm has a Yankees Tigers over under at five because that's set on the normal algorithm, but someone knows that the balls are juiced that weekend and they're going to take the fucking over. Why? What would stop them? Honestly, what would stop them without the transparency, adding those different levels of changing the game like that? And here's the worst part. And here's where Manfred is all to blame. As someone who's in charge of the league like that, you need to be you need to represent yourself and the league as someone who can be trusted. And from the beginning, you can he reeks of corruption. And, and you don't we should hear this story. If we had a good commissioner in Major League Baseball, we should hear this story and say, absolutely not. That would never happen. But instead it's I could see it. Manfred would do it. I gave Bud Selig a lot of shit. And I think he did a lot of things wrong. He turned he turned a blind eye to, you know, the the steroid era. We all know that. But I can't see Bud Selig doing something like this, just compromising the game this way, in in a secretive and and just, I don't know. I I just can't put my finger on what word to describe it, but deceitful. I guess would be the word, but I just don't see Bud Seeley compromising the game in that sense. Yeah. Uh, I was like you said, dude, when you hear something like this, you should be like, no way, but no, it's, it's completely plausible. Uh, and you know, Manfred's leading the charge for the owners. And uh, I don't know, like I said, uh, don't want to get too deep in the weeds and to some of this stuff. I, you know, you guys, you know, you want to listen to a show that wants to deep dive into that. That's fine. That's not what we're going to do because we got a lot of stuff to cover regarding the Yankees. And that's way more interesting than me. But like I said, when I'm going to start bugging out about this, when I'm going to start getting mad about this is when, you know, it's usually around Valentine's day, whenever that date rolls around and the Yankees aren't reported into Tampa Bay or, you know, Tampa for spring training, that's when it's going to start bothering me in two weeks from that time when they're supposed to be playing the first spring training game and they're not, that's going to start bothering me. God forbid March 30th when they're supposed to be in Texas opening the season and they're not, that's going to bother me. So you got to still have all this time to get this shit figured out and you hope that they do it. it look, I will say this, what it does look like just in one mind, I guess you want to call it a minor detail, but it's the one detail that seems that is going to end up coming out of this is they're going to go to the expanded postseason because it seems both sides yeah, I want hate it. it. I hate that. But it, without going into the specifics of everything, because like you said, we got, we have enough to talk about. Here's the sad part about this show tonight. Here's the sad part. There's two different types of, I guess two categories you can be in as a podcast host right now covering a major league baseball team that you have enough content during a lockout to do a full show. And that's we either made it through a pandemic. I mean, we made it through a pandemic. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, look, there's two different types of podcasts that cover a team that can do that during a lockout. The first kind, the first set would be a team that made big moves leading up to the lockout to talk about. And the second set would be 
a Yankees podcast who, for whatever reason, they just weren't even in the discussion. And for that reason alone, I think we have a full show of really good content to get to. All right, let's start here, right? So we know that the Yankees, they told you this. These are words that came out of Brian Cashman's mouth. Right. I have, flex- I have flexibility to spend. We need a shortstop. Simeon, Seager, off the board. Lockout hits. Story, Correa is still available. All right, that's number one. You only played the audio. Two, I think I still have it. I'm no, re- it's fine. Refresh yeah. audio? If you, if you yeah, have why it, not? So. Let's just listen to okay. it real quick. This is Cashman okay. a few weeks uh, before, I think... It was a couple weeks before the season went even went into the off season. Fact conversation no. about uh, do I have a set budget? No, um, you know, but do I, you know, do I have? I feel some direction. Yes, um, and clearly it was mission accomplished from last year getting under the CBT. So, is the direction up? Well, it's going to have to be because uh, you know we don't have a lot of stuff coming off. So, uh, so you know, obviously, I think our, you know, I have some latitude. The old latitude comment. So those are words that came out of Brian Cashman's mouth. We need a first baseman. Rizzo's still hanging around there. Now, this was all a pipe dream that from me. This is something I wanted mm-hmm. the Yankees to do, to sit there and flex their muscles as to go out there and get Freddie Freeman. As we were approaching the lockout, you heard that there was real interest there from the Yankees to get Freddie Freeman and that the Braves wanted to go and trade for Matt Olson. So all three first base options are still out there. Mm-hmm. Aaron Hicks. Aaron Hicks is 10th uh, in OPS in the, the Dominican Winter League, or 14th or whatever the frig he is. Congratulations, you still suck. So the Yankees need a center fielder. I mean... Um, it looked like Hicks was going to have it like a nice season, and then it just uh, he just became Aaron Hicks again. The Yankees tendered a contract to Gary Sanchez. I think that's no surprise to anybody. I mean... Uh, if you really thought the Yankees were going to let him go for nothing, you haven't paid attention at all. They only do that with Clint um, Frazier. Yeah. Um, which we talked, right? We talked about yeah, that. Yeah, we, yeah. Um, but so these are things that the Yankees haven't done yet. And on the other side of town, the Mets, they get their center fielder and Starlin Marte, which I really didn't. I know the Yankees liked him. They tried to trade for him last year. I mean, he's 33 years old. He's kind of on the back end of where I would mm. want to acquire center fielder. So I didn't get, I know a lot of Yankee fans wanted him. It didn't bother me that much. The thing that bothered me now, and it was a major reaction on my part, I will admit to it, is that Max Scherzer is, an, is a New York Met. And he's getting, he got three years, 100 and whatever, because he would have got $43 million a year for yeah. three years. Uh, the problem is, is not that he's a Met. It's that the Yankees seemingly were never in the conversation. And there's, there's several different ways that we need to discuss this. And I know there's anger on both of our parts that it didn't happen because we, we said this, you know, going back to last year, like Scherzer was a guy, even you could rent for the end of the year last year, that this is a guy that you'd want to, to pair with Garrett Cole and make a playoff run with and him being a free agent. Yeah, even though, what is he, 37, 36, 37 mm-hmm. years old? This is still a guy that you think is going to still be 
near the top of rotation type pitcher for the next couple of seasons. And when it all costs is money is why weren't the Yankees involved in that? Now I know a lot of fans want to just immediately run to the Yankees are cheap thing, but they, if you believe reports and I, and for the sake of the argument, let's believe them. The Yankees offered Justin Verlander $25 million to come in off the of Tommy John surgery. So it's I don't think that they don't have money to spend because why would you offer that money to Verlander if you don't have money to spend? Listen, can we because there's so much to unpack, especially when it comes to the to to Scherzer. Um, can we just very briefly touch on the contract, uh, how they tendered Sanchez's contract real quick? Because I know a lot of people were up in arms about that. And just correct me if I'm wrong. You're better with this shit than I am. It doesn't... I'm not saying that he's not going to be a Yankee in 2022. I fully believe he will be. At this point, I think it's probably the best option um, just to move forward with him until that contract expires. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they did that just because they definitely have plans for him here. It's just more of a it's more of a strategic thing where you don't want him to to just go for nothing and if anything you can you at least have control over him. Correct? Exactly. The the Yankees have team control over him. They didn't agree on a number, so either they will or they'll go to arbitration. But the Yankees right. will have him under team control for twenty twenty two. Which arbitration for Gary Sanchez's case with the Yankee the the leverage is you know the power is in the Yankees' hands in that sense. So it would be I just want to get on the same page because I know a lot of fans were pissed about it. It would be it would have been foolish, I think it's safe to say, for the Yankees to just let him go for nothing. Right? I mean, do yeah, you agree I mean, with that? It's not like they're investing in him in the future at this point. It's just more of we don't know what the fuck we're going to do yet because catching isn't our top priority. And in the meantime, we need to make sure we at least have control over him moving forward. Right. That's all it is to me. Okay. I so mean, now so now Max Scherzer. Do you, do you, can, I, can I start by saying one thing? Max Scherzer is a very odd dude that I feel like has a lot of different... What the fuck? What is Creed doing? Is he... Is he? Did you give him a doggy zanny? No, he's literally... I told you, he found the bone under the couch that's old as he is. So he's going to be three in January. So he's eating a three-year-old bone right now. Would you probably Would gonna, you let your daughter eat a three-year-old uh, piece of food or bone? So you're going to let your dog do it. Well, my dogs ate Play-Doh last week. So anyway... Anyway, Max Scherzer seems like a very odd dude. It's come out, I think, in a several different reports that he didn't want to leave the National League, which I also don't really understand. If he did, he would want to go to the West Coast. I don't know how much of that is true. Here's all I'm going to say. I'm not pissed off the Yankees didn't get him because it doesn't sound like he's someone who would have even, you know, entertained the idea. But the fact that the Yankees weren't even discussed is what bothers me. It's almost like Cashman was sleeping through all of this, and that's what bothers me. Yeah, but I, I don't necessarily agree with that assessment because, you know, Cashman sleeps outside for charity every yes. year. So every time something happened, people were like, oh, look what Cashman's doing, and they would post that picture. I don't necessarily think the guy's sleeping. I, you, 
I think he's doing his job. Why is we it, all know why how- why isn't he in the top? Why isn't the report that the Yankees came swooped in, offered him more, and he declined because he doesn't want to go to the Yankees? That That's should be next- the report. All right. So did the Yankees know that it was going to be at? Even if the Yankees knew, what that it was going to be at that number? Why not make a phone call? Right. If $43 million, look, dude, we, it's money and, and we're, we're okay with the Yankees spending it because we're, we just start. I mean, it's, it is our money because I'm going to go and, you know, I support this team financially. So I have feel, you know, I feel like you can say this, but if you're Brian Cashman, if you're house sign burner, can, if you don't want to justify paying a guy $43 million a year, because it's $43 million a year. It's absurd. It's absurd that a baseball player makes that amount of money. Uh, it, it really, it is mm-hmm. right. Why are you not picking up the phone to find that out for yourself though? And me, but, and, say, but he, and, and just say, and saying, all right, well, we're interested, but I mean, you know, we got to draw a line and stand somewhere. We but, have other things to do and we're not, and we're not going to have that type of payroll. Can I be honest with you? That story would have pissed me off more. That would have pissed me off more because we are at a point, and I tweeted this, and I didn't expect it to blow up the way it did. But we're at a point now where this team hasn't won in twelve years. We're at a point now where we rebuilt, we went through the we went through the motions, and we we not only endured a rebuild, we we endured a reset of the luxury tax, and then we had one of the most disappointing, given what the expectations were of this team last season. You can arguably say it's one of the most di- disappointing seasons of our lifetime. It really was. I mean, it, it was a fucking train wreck. It to me, when you go into free into the off season now, you reset the tax. You haven't won in twelve years. You have to make a list of the best free agents out there, and for what this team could use, you have to imagine Max Scherzer being at the top of that list, being at the top top priority. And for me, being that they didn't make any other moves, money should have never been a factor in a sense of if they heard he was giving, he was getting 43 a year, you offer 45 a year. Let him say no to you. Let him take less money because he doesn't want to play on the, in the AL East. Let him say no. The fact that Brian Cashman was nowhere near the conversation See, to me, if he called up, if the report was that he called up and he heard the money was too much and said no, I'd be more pissed than I am now. What what would make me what would make me optimistic about moving forward is if I heard he offered more and, and Scherzer declined it. And if that happened, I think it's safe to say that if that happened, we would have heard about it. No, I don't. The Yankees were not involved in this, and you know, uh, Cashman is a very prideful guy, and maybe he's had enough of being told no by Max Scherzer. Oh well, uh, you know, Cashman's done a few things this offseason so far that I've actually been encouraged that maybe he's putting his ego aside a little bit. But if that's the case, I mean, what a shitty job! And I got to say this: I'll, I'll just I'll tease it right now because I'll wait till we get to it. This isn't even, believe it or not, after really 
kind of dissecting everything thus far isn't even the most disappointed I've been through this offseason so far. This wasn't the most disappointing thing for me so far this offseason. Well, I don't know what it would be. Oh, uh, I'll, when, for, we, when we get to it, I will explain what it is. Because for me, the things that I want them to do are still on the table for them. So that's why I'm not completely disappointed. Well, not really true. I mean, again, we, we talk about the hierarchies of, of players that are available in each position. When, when, we, when we make a list of the best available shortstops, it's Carlos Correa, Corey Seager, and then Trevor Story. And everything seems to be pointing towards Trevor Story, and everything seems to be pointing away from Carlos Correa and the Yankees being a fit. So I thought at least Corey Seager, and that's not a possibility anymore. I did. Uh, and well, I'm not a big Corey Seager guy because he hasn't stayed healthy either, by the way. Yeah, I mean, the more and more you look at Seager, uh, I don't know if that would have been a good move for the Yankees considering their health issues mm -hmm. that they've always seemed to have and adding another guy. But, you know, people that don't like Correa keep bringing up that he's got a back issue. So, I mean, I don't – and I could tell you from experience that backs are – it's not fun to deal with when they're Yeah, you want to know good, why he has so. a back issue? From carrying his, his fucking team through World Series championships. And, and, and the reason why Corey Seager going upsets me is because it just makes it so much easier for the Yankees to fall on Trevor Story. And I'm sorry, I'm not saying Trevor Story is not a great shortstop, but given the availability of, of Carlos Correa, telling me you're going to sign Trevor Story instead... It's just not going to excite me. I'm sorry. Apparently, the Yankees were in on Simeon. They didn't want to go to the years uh, that he got. That's just something that I had read. I think he got what, seven. Did he get six or seven years? The Yankees yeah, were... I think it was seven years. But you know what? When Carlos Correa is still out there, again, I'm going to say it. When Carlos Correa is still out there, I'm not upset about that. I'm not. The Yankees were looking for a shorter-term deal with uh, Simeon. And you know what? He got seven years. He took it. See, here's the thing with Max Scherzer, right? Uh, from what I read a couple days after the, uh, the signing when he went to the Mets is that Brian Cashman actually called Washington to, to try to acquire Scherzer at the deadline last year, and he was mm. flat-out told he will, not come to, he will not play for the Yankees. Right. And, and there's something in sales called twisting someone's arm. And when you're talking about a rental, there's not much incentive for, for Max Scherzer to be traded to the Yankees. And he can have that mentality of, I don't want to play there. But when you put a fucking check in front of him that's more than anyone else is offering, that changes some people's minds. And I'm not saying but that Scherzer would have definitely taken it, but the fact that it wasn't even addressed or declined is what bothers me. See, I would have liked them to put the check in front of him, to put the numbers in front of him, let him say no. But again, there's there's something that's not... I don't know how to properly uh, explain this. There's something's not equaling up here. Adding up. Yeah, something's not adding up here. The Yankees have money to spend. You're not offering Justin Verland... I, sure, it's a one-year deal, fine. You're not offering him $25 million to pitch for you next year if you don't have any money. Yeah, and here's the thing. When it comes to, I understand the Yankees not wanting to be handcuffed with the years when it comes to Simeon, but 
when we're talking about the money you're spending right now and the luxury tax and all that shit, the years after this one don't matter in that sense. So if Scherzer's only taking a three-year deal, first of all, I don't care if he wants a five-year deal right now. He's the guy you really need. And it's about the money for this year. And if that's the money you have to that you haven't spent the dime, if you're telling me you can't afford 45 to offer him 45 a year for three years, you're out of your fucking mind. You're at, I'm not buying it. Yeah. There's something, like I said, there's something that's not adding up here. It's like, that's why to me, I think this might even be like personal between Scherzer and it Cashman. sounds that way. And, and, and that's, and that's upsetting in itself. I mean, fuck, because, you, fuck your personal bullshit. And because apparently Scherzer didn't really give the Yankees much thought when he left Detroit to go to Washington. Yeah, I mean, so, maybe I mean, maybe there's something. Look, and that was a that was kind of my angle that you disagreed with was that Scherzer's a, a quirky guy, and and I'm not sitting here saying that the Yankees could have had him. And that's not and and again, that's why I'm not upset that he's not a Yankee in in a grand sense. I'm just upset that regardless of anything that we don't know, that an offer wasn't put on the table for him to refuse. And that's what you bothers me. The problem me. is, you know what the real problem is, is that you were you, all you heard throughout the, the trade deadline last year, he won't come to New York, he's not coming to New York, he's not coming to New York. So you never really put it in your brain that he was a realistic option. And then all of a sudden you hear oh, the Mets are real players for him. Yeah, he's in New York. The Mets are re- and it's Steve Cohen throwing fuck you money out there to get the guy that he wanted. And you're saying to yourself, why aren't the Yankees doing that? And if Max Scherzer turns down $130 million from the Yankees, then Max Scherzer's the asshole. Right. But right now, but right now, we don't even, as far as we know, the Yankees didn't even pick up the phone to talk to his agent and say, what would it take to get him here? And if the flat out answer was nothing, nothing you can offer him will get him here, then fine. Then we know, then we can at least say Brian Cashman picked up the phone, made a phone call, and was told nothing you will do will get this guy here. And again, it's safe to say, given how how much people like to talk and leak shit, that if that conversation was had, even if the phone call was made, we'd know about it. The public would know about it. My bigger issue than Max Scherzer is why Robbie Ray is not a Yankee. Okay, so we I just said before, he's actually not my the most disappointed I am given the context. Now I'm not a huge like Robbie Ray guy. No, give, I think we explained I think we explained it adequately uh, in previous episodes why Robbie Ray made a lot of sense for this team. And I think his AAV was like twenty three million dollars a okay. year. Which again, you ha- you're you're telling us when you you played the clip earlier. You're offering Justin Verlander $25 million a year. Allegedly. Allegedly. You're t- all signs are pointing to you that you do have money. Mm. Why, is the, why are you passing on Robbie Ray then? So if this is true. So so like I said before, this wasn't the... Scherzer wasn't and it doesn't even upsetting. sound... Sorry. It's okay. It doesn't even sound like the Yankees were really that okay. in on Robbie right. Ray. Right. Because so, they didn't have Clint Frazier exactly. to offer. Yeah, right. Yeah. So so here's my thing. Scherzer's my number one get when it comes to pitching, obviously. I mean, he would be anyone's. But when that goes off the table, 
again, you have to look at what it's going to take to build this team to be a World Series contender. And let's put the money aside for a second. The second Scherzer goes off the table, Christian, who is the who is the next guy in line that you can add to this team by by writing a paycheck to that you can pair up with Garrett Cole that you can depend upon and you'd be fairly confident coming off of a Cy Young year that he'd be a great addition to this rotation. Right. I mean, Robbie Ray. And then you add in the money. Then you add in the 23 million a year. Right. And then you compare that to the reports of them offering Verlander 25 million and nothing makes sense. That's why I keep using the phrase. It's like Cashman was asleep because I can't wrap my head around the fact that he was not a part of any of this. Um, uh, that's the bigger thing to me is why didn't they like Robbie Ray? What is it about Robbie Ray that they didn't like at that at that price tag too? It's almost like it's almost like um, Cashman and Hal were under the impression that until the the agreements were made and and if and when there was a lockout that no one could be signed and it's like they went to bed shut off all their in, all their technology and acted as if the world wasn't going on right now and that's what bothers me i don't understand it one bit but i don't think that's the case either i don't think that they were so 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 do it so be brian cashman for a minute it's too bad we don't have sgr uh, uh, be brian cashman for a minute what is going through your head why are you not so involved you don't when Robbie Ray is available, Scherzer's off the table, what are you doing instead of calling his agent and figuring out what it's going to take to get him here? What are you doing? If I'm wrong in a sense of that they're just asleep at the wheel here, then what's happening? Is he getting inside reports that, like, I, I don't know, Robbie Ray's a fucking junkie and, and he shouldn't bring him over to New York that we don't know about? I don't know. Look, maybe he's a steroid guy, bro. Look, maybe he is. Hey. It looked pretty jacked in that uniform. Who who was uh-huh. it that was uh he was a free agent and a team signed him and it was like, oh thank God. Either the Yankees didn't get him or someone because all these like fucking reports came out and incriminated him on everything. I forget who it was. It might have been uh it might have been that douchebag college football player. What was his name? The Johnny Manziel? When like teams teams didn't right, Johnny Manziel? How does that have to do with the Yankees? No, no, no. I'm just talking about in a, in an a- athletic sense, like people were so upset that their team didn't get him. But then all this news came out the second he was drafted that he was a piece of shit and now he's no one. And it's like maybe they have inside scoop on, on Robbie Ray. Maybe he fucking, uh, I don't know. It, that's the only, again, I'm just trying to make sense of how the Yankees weren't even involved in talks for him when he's signing for $23 million a year. I just yeah, I mean I can't understand that's it. That's the one. I'm six behind right now. We gotta make we gotta close that gap. I'm six behind him. We gotta close. Remember that tweet that I quoted? Oh I'm yeah, six, you're only six tw- behind. My now? tweet is my my tweet is six behind. The old Clint Frazier tweet. Yeah. I, for some reason, like I want to surpass his tweet. Well, let's let's give it some context real quick. Some asshole tweeted, "Who was that guy? Who is he like in the sports he world?" He apparently 
he says that his bylines is that he's, he writes about the Giants on for USA Today. The Giant, the San Francisco Giants, or the no, New York the Giants? football Giants. So, so this guy tweets comparing Clint Frazier to Nick Swisher, how the Cubs are coming to town, and you know, will Frazier get an ovation, so on and so forth. And and Christian points out, what was it? Uh, Swisher fucking won a World Series here. First of all. He had more home runs in 2009 than Clint Frazier has had in his entire career. You can't compare those two. And and listen, I'm not someone sitting here saying Nick Swisher is the greatest player on earth. He was a guy who was uh, who was a an above average baseball player who fit in really know, well here and won a championship. Do you want to know the two a, a greater difference between Frazier and Swisher is? Nick Swisher became a Yankee, exceeded expectations right. of what he was as a baseball player. Clint Frazier got here and completely just destroyed whatever expectations anybody right. had for him. And you, and when you think of like a Yankee that just fits, you think of a selfless guy who's here to to be a good clubhouse guy. Again, selfless would do anything for the team and just wants to win. Clint Frazier never showed us any of that. Any remember of that. the remember the old uh, Bubba Crosby is my center fielder, and then they went out and signed yeah. John Damon. Yeah, you yeah. do you remember they yeah. acquired Swisher, and he was supposed to be the first baseman. And they're like, all right, we'll go get Mark to show. Yeah, yep, yeah. Listen, I, I love mean, I love Swish. He's one of my favorite players. Yeah, I mean, of course, he, me too. Short time here, but he he ingrained himself to the fan base. Like, yeah, you'll never he forget Swisher's, him. You had the Swisher salute out in right field. Dude, look, I would talk about it all the time. Like, How I Met Your Mother is probably my favorite sitcom of all time. And the Perfect Week episode is a really good episode. Great episode. But I say it's it's <clears throat> my favorite just because he's in it. And his wife, right? And he doesn't even really, She was in, I think he she was in the episode like two weeks prior. Ah. The Girl Next Door episode. But anyway, he barely said anything in it, but it was just like coming off of a World Series. Like, yeah. here's Nick Swisher on your favorite TV show. You know, if I saw, if I saw Clint, I don't even have a favorite TV show right now, but I'm just saying, like, if I, if something that I watched and Clint Frazier was on, I'd be like, yeah, fuck, fuck this, and I'm watching this shit. Seriously. Fuck this. And, and not to go too deep in on this, but I said, I texted this to you in SGR. Listen, I'm not sitting here saying the Yankees didn't didn't treat Clint like shit, but he, I mean, his actions, his actions warranted a lot of what was going on. And then he tweets out, I'm not going to get into it, but if anyone saw it on Twitter, he tweeted something out. Like he was, he was glad also he's not a Yankee anymore. And it just proved that he never changed that. He's always going to be the same kid. Who's, who's just toxic. And, and, and Hey, I wish him nothing but the best in Chicago. I'm sure he'll flourish. I'm sure things will happen. But you know what? You're a fucking, you're a weak, worthless player then for us. If you couldn't get through all that and fucking shine here, and then we don't Look, want all, you. Look, all you need to know about Clint Frazier to put a bow on his time here is that you're 23 years old at the time. I think it was, you know, even though we kind of feel that maybe you were never given a real fair shake mm-hmm. at it. When you when you get sent down, you don't take every last fucking minute to report. You're yeah. 23 years old. That just shows the maturity. Yeah. Like you didn't have anything that you needed to do. No, just get your ass to Scranton and go to work. 
Yeah, and you know what it is? I think the fans have a, a certain connection to Clint Frazier, a lot of the younger fans, and even even me, because this, I've never went through a rebuild before in, in my lifetime as a Yankee fan. Clint Frazier was the first guy you, you kind of would cling on to when you talk about, okay, we had to give up a huge piece of this team. Who did we get back? And it was the first time as a Yankee fan I was saying, okay, I got to look towards the future. Who's who's this guy they're replacing him with? And he was a big prospect. And he's someone you were rooting for because he was the first piece of this rebuild, really. And it just never fucking panned out. All that aside, I do hope that he's healthy and can have a, of course. a major league career because some of the shit that he went through is scary. I wouldn't wish that upon anybody. And the way Aaron Boone was even speaking of him, you never knew if the kid was even going to see the field again. But... You but, know, if you think, but if you think I'm standing up when he comes back to Yankee Stadium to to applaud him, you you're just out of your mind. You're you're out of your fucking mind. If you know, I probably won't be at the Cubs series just because like I don't really see the need to. But if it happens to be a day that I decide to go to Yankee Stadium and he's in the lineup that day, I'm gonna treat him like I treat every other fucking uh, visiting player that I don't give a shit about. I'm yep. gonna sit there and look up to see. <laughs> Who's at bat and be like, all right, let's go get him. I'm not going to react at all to Clint Frazier. Now that, not he's not a, now that he's not a Yankee, I think it's fair to say I'm just truly indifferent towards him. Like, I couldn't exactly. care less. He's going to be like any other nondescript nobody that you could give. You, you couldn't give less of a shit about that that is playing the Yankees. And if he like, has a think fucking of like MVP, a guy like If he has a fucking MVP year, I don't want to hear Yankee fans fucking crying about how how he didn't get a fair shot here and, and how we should have kept him because the kid had a fucking, as much as the Yankees dicked him around, he had a, he had his opportunities and he never well, fucking capitalized. He was given the job to start the year and he was one of the worst players in baseball. So, I mean, well, there you have it. It bow. is what it is. There's your bow. All right. So we were talking about Robbie, right? Yeah. I mean, that's my most, uh, that's the most disappointed I am because it just, not only did it make so much sense with Scherzer off the table, how do you not want to add that piece to this to this rotation? Now you're, t- I mean, who else is out there that would be even close to Robbie Ray that well, you could have you solidified know, the rotation? Not that I think he would have been Robbie Ray, but I was really hoping for a Tanaka reunion. But he decided that he wasn't going to opt out of his contract. I thought you were going to Japan. I thought you were going to joke and say Stroman. No fuck no. <laughs> where did where did he wind up? I I forget. I honestly I hate Cubs. that. Yeah, there you go. Could, look, the two two of the most weakest mentally people to ever play in New York, and Frazier and Stroman. Stroman are now fucking teammates in Chicago. The perfect fit. They're gonna oh my, and. Here's the funny part. I know I made the joke. I'm sure a hundred other people made the joke, but Stroman broke his own news assignment with the Cubs on Twitter. It's just too bad nobody got a chance to see it because he blocks everybody. He blocks everyone. Um, uh, I got to get blocked yeah. by him. Just he just just say just simply tag him and say Stro sucks. He'll block you. Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna get to, I'm gonna get a little more creative though. I want a response um, out of him first. You won't get it. He just he all he no. He, he responded. He responded to me once. I think. Oh, did he? All right. Well, okay. Well. All right. Um, what was I going to say? Robbie Ray. 
Yeah, I don't know, dude. I, I'm kind of. I, I, I really don't want to talk about Robbie Bray just, anymore, just because. It, we, look, because we we got off on the on the Frazier thing, and I forgot my whole. Look, trip. if here's you, what I want. I just no, want to say that if you want to put aside the the you know the words of anger and disappointment and everything else, we can, I think we can all at least agree that we're just kind of baffled. Like I I again, you're saying things don't add up. I just can't make sense of it, and that's my biggest problem. How much different would you feel if Justin Verlander did say yes to the Yankees? Um, I got to say, <laughs> I got to say, given the fact that Scherzer did end up in New York, given the fact that Robbie Ray took 23 a year, I'd probably be still be upset that the Yankees offered that allotted that money to a guy coming off Tommy John and that we don't know anything about right now. It wouldn't it but wouldn't I like the- it wouldn't um cancel out how I feel about these guys going. But I think the perception the perception around the Yankees would be a lot different had he assigned here. In what way? In that they had they they spent a lot of money to bring in a marquee name. But don't you think that it would just open the door for more criticism that the Yankees just kind of fucking uh were trigger happy and signed a guy in Verlander for that much money when they could have gotten Robbie Ray for a younger guy coming off Cy Young. You and was, I don't like you and I don't like the deal because we're sick and tired of the Corey Klubers of the right, world, right? Right. But to the people that with their gifts and their memes and yeah, do something, do something. Mm. How do you complain that the Yankees went and got Justin Verlander? You don't. No, I wouldn't Especially, complain. I wouldn't complain. I'm just, I'm just saying that I wouldn't sit here and be like, oh well, you know, we got Verlander, so it's good. We, you know, it's okay but that we didn't get Scherzer and Ray. But I don't, I don't think at that point, if you sign Verlander, you are even thinking about getting Scherzer or, Ver, or Ray because where are you slotting them? It just, again, I'm just going to say this one more time. Robbie Ray made too much sense. Yes, Robbie Ray way, made way too much sense. He did. I agree with you 100% there. That's the one you're going, where were you? Where were that? you? Where were you? And, and and again, it's not even the final outcome that they're not Yankees. It's just I'm just so baffled by it. And And I get what you're saying with Verlander and stuff. You wouldn't expect it. But at the same time, the second Robbie Ray's contract comes out and he's getting less per year than Verlander, I'm, now that opens the door for me to criticize Cashman and say, what the fuck are you doing? Why are we, why are we giving that to Verlander when now we're ju- we talked about it last year, replacing question marks with question marks? I ca- we can't have that anymore. Now we're not right, even doing right. that. Now we're not even doing that anymore. Did we, I don't know. Did we touch on that? That Corey, did it happen afterwards? Corey yeah, Kluber's we didn't talk about Kluber. Are you scared? Uh no, I definitely not give a. F- I definitely not give a fuck. Yeah, I definitely didn't want to see the Yankees do it. I think that Corey Kluber is still effective enough where he could be a thorn in the Yankees side. You think he's going to miss three months of the year? Because I probably I do. I don't know, man. You know what? This is a great test to see if it's something going on in the Yankees organization where that we just can't keep guys fucking healthy. You can't. You couldn't go down that road again. No, no, Yankees. no. You can't. You can't. 
And so so things like that, moves like that, even if Corey Kluber pitches against the Yankees fucking five times this year and shuts us out every single game, I'm not going to sit here and say and say the Yankees made a mistake not signing him again. Because you just can't have it. You just can't have it. All right. So uh, I think we're in agreement here that Robbie Ray is really the, the one that you're like, like what? What? What are you doing, Robbie? Raised that. Robbie raised that. If you're not going to do these other things, why are you not doing the one thing that makes the most sense? What scares me is that you know Cashman for one year on Verlander said, "Yeah, maybe that's too too good to pass up." What scares me is does he look at his starting rotation and think that I don't really need help here? Because I, if he I does, I really hope not. If he if he's saying that to himself. He needs, I mean, really, we know he's not going to get fired He because he's Hal's, he's, you know. How's his cuck. How's his cuck, yeah. Mm. Uh, because if you look at that rotation, now, I don't think Garrett Cole's a question mark. It's in my bio, no, bro. he's not. He's the not. SMD Tour 2022, that's Garrett Cole, bro. He's going to fuck shit up this year. Yeah. And can yeah. we please? And, and honestly, bro, you all know who I'm talking about. I don't need to say names. I'm not throw, I'll, I'll throw the fucking shit. I don't care. Do it. The guy is fucking cooking an omelet, holding, a, uh, holding his kid. We have to fucking, uh, we're, we're going to fucking sit there and, and bow to him because, because of that. It's called being a f- fucking dad. You know how many times I hold my fucking kid and flip a fucking hamburger or cook a steak? Like, come on, bro. Yeah, dude, like, and it's like, fucking Garrett fuck- Cole. Like, Garrett Cole's gonna be one of the best dads. Garrett Cole's gonna do but, that better than anyone else. So like, why, why are we I, praising I, it? I'm looking at that picture and I'm saying, this dude's just being a dad. This dude's being a dad. He's being a dad. He's trying, and look, he's gotta, he's gotta start pitching better. If he wants to stay in his daughter's life, because I'm telling you right you know, now, Amy's going to kick his, his ass son. the fuck out. His son, sorry. If uh, if anything, you should be like Amy. It's okay. We don't need to see proof that Garrett's a good dad. We know. We, you know. We know. We, you know. He. he we know. He's not going to. I mean, he might yell. I mean, a couple of years down the road, you know, Caden. Uh, hey. That's the kid's name. Kid. Caden might come home with an A minus, and you'd be like, "Hey, why didn't you get an A plus?" Garrett Cole can't really yell, right? He like gets no. loud somewhat, but it never comes out as a yell. But I love Garrett Cole, bro. Like I'm, I expect big fucking things out of him this year. I and I'll say it again. You're probably sick and tired of hearing it. I think he's learned how to pitch the spider attack without it. I think he's. I think really. And it's not an excuse, dude. I'm still fucking pissed at him for taking the ball in the wild card game, yeah. knowing he couldn't be Garrett Cole. Yep. But if he's healthy, I don't worry about him. Look, the the whole wild card game is so it's it's such a difficult thing to have a have a definitive take on because look I at our look at our king yeah, making omelets such holding a, good a dad. shot. Shut the fuck up, Listen, dude. Seriously. Garrett Cole, it, that wild card game, it, it, it's just something that... And wait till Saturday. You'll be seeing just how well the yeah. show is doing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay. okay. Motherfuckers. Um, Garrett Cole taking the ball in that wild card game. I, I'm For me to be... For me to accept his apology, the apology has to be the, the SMD Tour 2022 that you keep talking about. And I will be over it. 
I am upset that he took the ball because there's something commendable about a guy who can play through injury and want that ball. But you also have to be smart enough to know when there's other, when you can't perform to the level that you need to, especially as a pitcher. And there's other guys out there that can. And again, if the Yankee, the Yankee starting pitching was very strong this year. If, here's the thing. If it was Garrett Cole and no one else, then I'd take a hurt Garrett Cole who couldn't be 100% over anyone. And I still would, even with the even with the rotation being what it is, but he just, he wasn't even 80%, dude. He wasn't even, he was about 70, maybe. Maybe. No, not, I wouldn't even put it at that. I think he could have given you more if he was at 70%. I think yeah. He, so, no, like, no at that inten- point, you No have pun to- intended. He was really hamstrung by this injury. Yeah, and, like, you need to know that as a fierce competitor who wants to take the ball no matter what. You still have to have the the awareness the that you aren't the guy who's taking the ball that you think is taking the ball, and I think he learned from that. I really do. And again, at, and at the same time, to his defense, I don't know if I'd be okay with anyone else taking the ball and losing that game anyway. To be honest, here's the thing, right? We all we said it months ago. If the Yankees weren't in the position that they were, he goes on the IL. He gets three, four weeks off. He yep. rests for the postseason. Yep. Okay, that's number one. Number two, I respect the hell out of the guy for saying, fuck you, I'm Garrett Cole, I'm taking the ball. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Also, I'm fucking pissed at him for saying, fuck you, I'm Garrett Cole, because fuck you, Garrett Cole, you, you are Garrett Cole. You weren't. Do you think that in these agreements, if we get to one and come out of the lockout, that the pitchers will have some type of an agreement where they can use some stuff, some yeah, I think, legal I've been substance? Saying that. I think I, that is I truly likely. believe that. I think that is likely. I think I think it's only fair. I really do. You know, people think people think of it as cheating, but it's really something. But here's the thing, dude. I don't fucking care. It doesn't bother me. Guys do spider tech. Guys do steroids. Guys, I don't care. It doesn't bother me. Sorry, it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, listen, I just look at the end of the day. I need Garrett Cole to be so fucking dominant this year that every time he takes that ball. There were too many times this year, and it became it became almost um, a normalcy to think, what is he going to give me today? And we can't have that with Garrett Cole. We didn't have it in 2019, and we didn't have it for the first you know couple months of the 2020 season. But then it became too often. Well, he wasn't here in 2019. In uh, sorry, 2020 season, and then I'm talking 2021 last year. The first couple months, he was lights out, and then. And then it became too much, too frequently we were saying, what Garrett Cole are we going to get today? I can't have that in 2022. You know what I want out of Garrett Cole in 2022? When he gives up a second run in the game, and I'm fucking stunned that it happened. Yeah, it was too... There were too, How many times did we talk about it throughout the year? There were too many games that were yeah, man, so the, crucial for the Yankees to win. And he came out there... Yeah, there's a. There, I mean, the one that one immediately comes to mind is they were going for a sweep in Tampa that mm-hmm. day game, and he gave up. He gave up like fucking eight runs, and, and that was the game innings. that that was the game that you were expecting them to win, and the others were a toss up. They end up winning the 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 other games, and then he comes out. That's the game. At that point, you, you know, you always say you don't expect a sweep going into any series, but when you what was it a four game series, right? No, two or two, three. I'm three. Sorry. When you win the first two and Garrett Cole's and, taking the ball for game three, that's when you expect the sweep. 
Yeah, and was, I think he gave up four runs in the first inning, too. I yeah. mean, you're definitely not expecting that. Yeah, there's, there was just too many times where the Yankees needed him, and and the game was over before before the third inning. And, and as an ace, he knows this. You just can't have that. And I don't think we're going to see that in 2022. He's definitely not a question mark for me. All right, so then that's what we're, we'll get back on track here. Luis Severino. I think the Yankees are very optimistic about Severino. I think everyone likes what they saw out of him when he came back, which is why we said it was very crucial the Yankees worked on him. Even, even when he had the setback going through rehab, it was crucial they didn't just shut him down. He came back. Not only is that crucial for his own confidence, but as an organization and as fans looking on, we have to be very optimistic about Severino, but still a question mark. And no idea what you're going to get out of him. No, because when, be, when's the last time? Be the, when's the last time the, the dude came anywhere near 200 innings? 2018, right? If that, I mean, if that, I don't even know if they, you know, shut him down at some point. I think he pitched a full season. In I'm gonna, I'm pulling up his his stats now, but I mean, how much? If you had to rate Severino on a scale from one to ten, ten being the most. Uh, of a question mark you can think of, and one being the least worried, where would you rank him right now? Oh, 10 is the most worried. 10 would be the the biggest of, of a question mark he could be. Six and a half. That's too high. Okay, he so... Has pitch, he hasn't pitched in four years or so, whatever it's been. So just l- listen to this. In 2017 and 2018, he was an all-star. He threw... 193 and a third innings in 17, 191 and a third in 2018. Which is fine. That's fine. I mean, you obviously want him over 200. Yeah, but he started 32 games in 18, 31 games in 17, 298 ERA in 17, 339 in 18, which is higher than you'd expect from an ace, but now he's he's not our ace anymore. Yeah, but he was one of the worst pitchers in baseball the second half of the season in he 2018. Was. He did fall apart a little bit. How many and innings did he throw in 2019? Now, just out of curiosity. 2019? Oh, boy. 2019. Tell, you tell me how many innings. 75. 12. Jesus Christ. He was <laughs> how many did he pitch in 2020? Zero. How many did he pitch in 2021? Did he even throw 10 innings last year? Six. Six. Go. Okay. So, I mean, we're the guy has ta- thrown 20 innings in, in three years. It's, it's wild. And, and again, I'm not saying that it's not at least a positive outlook that we can have. But again, we're talking about question marks and we're talking about a All team right, down. Who, who needs to build to be a World Series team. That's a question mark. All right. Uh, Jameson Tyone. No, <laughs> automatic question mark by default. He's not even going to start because, the season. Exactly, Jordan Montgomery. I think I think you can pencil Jordan Montgomery in for what Jordan Montgomery is. I think I loved I love Monty as a back end of rotation guy. I do, dude. You got to say this about Monty. Not only is he not a question mark, he's mo- as of right now. This is going to sound crazy with Garrett Cole leading the way. As of right now, given how the last how last year ended, Jordan Montgomery is your most reliable guy in this rotation. That's scary. It's also something to be 
to to feel good about because he's the back end guy. But who's been more reliable than Jordan Montgomery in this rotation? You know, I've been getting to an argument with a couple of fans that Jordan Montgomery, I because I say he's a four, like that's his max. Easily, he's like no. He's like no, he's a, he's at least a three. Here's my here's no. what I always counter with. If you're relying on Jordan Montgomery to be any more than a four, you don't have a good starting rotation. If I'll even go as far as to say, if you're relying on him to be anything more than a five, your rotation could be better. Uh, it could I don't be know better. About that it could it be could better. be, but I you know you're not going to find many fours as good as Jordan Montgomery. Let me tell you something, Jordan Montgomery is going to go down as a guy, no matter what he does, as a guy who you never think of as being, you know, some great dependable pitcher in this rotation until his career is over and you look back on the on the big picture of work because he doesn't have that blow away, you know, stuff where you're talking about him being some elite pitcher. He's a lefty that that's crafty. He doesn't throw 100 miles an hour. But when you really look back on what Jordan Montgomery has done thus far, he's a guy that you don't want to get rid of. He, he's a guy you need at the back end of that rotation. And speaking of the back end, I mean, Nestor Cortez, I mean, yeah, he was great, but the Yankees were very hesitant to let him go past uh, the fifth inning. We've seen in 2019 how easily it, uh, Cortez can lose it and be just uh, – a complete nobody. Remember the Yankees DFA'd him after he was really good. People forget how great that uh, the green opener um, Cortez bulk guy was, how good that was Mm -hmm. for the Yankees in 2019 until Nestor Cortez just fell to complete garbage. And, you know, when does the bloom wear off the rose? You know, when does Cinderella turn into a pumpkin with Nestor Cortez? I mean, can he be a more consistent version of a, 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 a be a more consistent pitcher? Possibly, but a, a guy that doesn't throw hard, a guy that's a, you know you want to talk about a crafty lefty. This is a guy that sits there and uh, you know he stands still for forty eight seconds. He does handstands. Uh, you know he tries to hit and ball trick. He does everything he can to try to fool hitters because his stuff is not that good. Yeah, and, and that's someone who's not going to pan out long term. Even though you know, I think a, right now Nestor Cortez does deserve that a spot if they're if they don't get anyone else and Tyone's going to be hurt, I don't. I mean, you have if you're gonna is Herman still on this fucking team? Yeah, forget about him too. Uh, yeah, you know he if is. Herman's on this team, I'm not going to lie because of how much more dependable Nestor Cortez was. I'd rather have Herman in the bullpen because I like him out of the bullpen and try and piggyback him. With Cortez, a guy who throws harder, coming in after you know Cortez does his his magic on the mound. So I mean, these names in this rotation are they're, they don't. It's not a not World Series. Skip. It's not a championship rotation. That's why you put Robbie Ray in there, and you're saying to yourself, okay, now things look a lot better. Now Sebi's my number re- three. Now I don't have to rely on Se- exactly. I don't have to rely on Severino to be the guy I put behind Garrett Cole. So let's just go back to Montgomery real quick. And let's let's put aside 2019 and 2020. Okay, 2020 was a shortened year. Um, came back at the end, right? He was injured. Came back at the end. So it's let's Howie John, right? Yeah, let's look at 2017, 18, and uh, 
and 2021. Right? 17, 18, and 21. Sorry. Let's just go with his two full years, 2017 and 2021. What do you think his ERA was in 2017? It was like 3-8 or something like that. 2017. I don't know why I can't fucking pull it up now. Pull it up or pull it out? Pull it out. Damn. Now, oh, here it is. 388. Okay. Okay. That's what I said. Now, mm-hmm. 2021. Do you remember what his ERA was? Yeah. Uh, no, nah, it was in that ballpark. 383. Yeah. His career so. ERA, 401. We're talking about a fucking four, uh, a four or five guy in your rotation who seems like he, you know, his injuries were are behind him. And he's been taking. He took the ball every fifth day. This is a guy you you would die to to put into your rotation at the back end. And and he's really him and Cole right now. Here's the problem: you're going into a year where you absolutely need a fucking championship, and you're telling me Garrett Cole and Jordan Montgomery are your only two non question marks in this rotation. Your ace yeah. and your four or five guy. That's why Robbie Ray was the guy. There you go. And just to add more context to why he why he made so much sense. The money so, the money's just the kicker. The 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 23 million a year is just the kicker of why he made so much sense. So for me, I know a lot of fans are really mad and disappointed and I get it. I'm not here to tell you that you shouldn't be, but for me, why I'm not there yet is because the things I really want them to do are still on the table. And we're going to end the show here uh, with a couple polls that we ran uh, during the course of the week here. Um, the first one was about Carlos Correa uh, and he's still on the board, right? Mm-hmm. And him and Charles mm-hmm. are still on the board. I know that you're not going to be excited for Trevor's story. I wouldn't say I'd be excited for it, but they need to come away with Trevor's story. Like that has to be the console. That, that, that has to be something that they at least come away with. To I'll go as far as to say this. Coming away with Trevor's story at this point is, to me, sounds crazy, equivalent to them just fucking saying, okay, this is all that's left, so we might as well just get him. No. Yeah. Yeah, he's dude. Not in, no, dude, it's not. He's not. You're how acting do like you, he's a wait, fucking how do bum, you, though. How do you have Carlos Correa on the board, Kyle, uh, Corey Seager on the board, and you're telling me that a team that has a 1 in 12 years is going to go after the third best out of all of them? For What? He's still a significant upgrade. Because Cashman gets married to guys, and he can't turn away from... There's reports out there that the Yankees won't even spend as much to get a Trevor Story, let alone Carlos Correa. They can't... They cannot enter... They cannot enter the season with a stopgap shortstop. It can't happen, okay? Because if you're going to do that, let's say you go and sign some fucking bum like Andrelton Simmons... Just let Peraza take the fucking job. At that just point, give, just, what, what's just the, give what's, it to him. What's the harm? Exactly, because what are we really doing here? 
We already know we're already being told that the kid's glove plays at sec plays at the major league level. His bat needs to catch up. So fucking let his bat catch up. Angleton Simmons couldn't fucking hit his way out of a wet paper bag. He sucks. He's terrible. I I don't know the Yankees' obsession with him. He's and until he signs somewhere, it's gonna it scares me that he's still out there because it seems but that's why the Yankees need to come away with at least Trevor Story. He's an all-star caliber player. He's a great hitter, great defender, great base runner. They need to do that. Yeah, we Carlos Correa is better, the bigger, the sexier splash. The thing that, that you really would think would change the dynamic of this team. But you got to come away with fucking Trevor Story, dude. You yeah, have to. I'm looking at Trevor Story's stats right now. I, I'm definitely underplaying. I guess... You know, his season last year wasn't, like, the most, you know, exciting. You know, he was, he was in a walk year on a bad team, you know. Was, uh, the trade, you know, those things affect guys. Here's what I don't like. I don't like, we always talk about being 100 points better than your than your uh, batting average. He's never even really come close to doing that. Um, I don't like that for this team because I'm... For me right now, the best lineup for the Yankees are guys that at the very least can get on base a lot. Um, whereas Correa, I'm looking at his right now. I mean, every... Yeah, I mean, he's kind of... No, I mean, he's he's usually he's usually close, but he has a much higher batting average. So, I don't know, man. I, I, guess, I guess I'm just not being fair to Trevor Story. And it's more of, and I hate Carlos Correa. It pains me to fucking defend the guy. I hate his guts. But I, there's just something about it, and you put this in my head. The dude fucking wins. Every time you're watching a fucking Astros postseason highlight, it's Carlos Correa or it's that other douchebag Altuve. But it's it's either one of the two. And I want one of those guys, man. I want one of those guys right now who doesn't give a fuck and just wins. I want that for this team. When's the last time this team has had that? Probably since Roger Clemens was here. No, I'm talking about a position player. Uh, I don't fucking know. <sighs> Gary Sheffield. <laughs> man, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Uh, to me, Carlos Correa is the get. and I, That sounds obvious to everyone, but it, I guess I guess to be fair, I can't be disappointed if they get story, but I want Correa. I want Correa. No, I do. I do too. But if I see when the lockout ends, the Yankees sign Trevor Story. I'm what like, if the Yankees right, don't we, get either? What do you do? We have a we have a major fucking problem on our hands. A big problem. I need problem. to know why. I need to know why. Yeah. And I think you got to. I think you got to bring your. I think you really got to call in a favor. You've had this sitting in your lap for five years, and if we don't get one of these two shortstops, you got to call that in. Yeah, and and we got to get Cashman on the show. The real, uh-huh. the real Brian Cashman. All right, so the poll was, do you want the Yankees to sign Carlos Correa to play shortstop? And there were four choices. Uh, 10% no, uh, because story's better. I don't know about that, but, you know, 10% of people did vote that. 11% voted no because they're waiting for the kids. And let me just say this right now. I don't mean to offend anybody because if you're listening to the show, I love you because you're supporting the show, but you're fucked up in the head if you're waiting what are you waiting for what are we waiting for have we not seen 
what waiting for prospects has done to this team. Right, right. And we went over this. We went over this a couple and I know shows two, ago. And I know five minutes ago or whatever it was I said, if you're going to sign Simmons, just give Prazit a job. Yeah, if you're going to sign Angleton fucking Simmons to play shortstop, yes, give Prazit a job. But not when Carlos Correa and Trevor Story are still out there. What do you like? I don't. I don't get that mentality, because what you're saying is, I don't care if we win in 2022, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm way past not. Right. You, know, you want it to? I'm way past not giving the Yankees passes on not winning. I'm way past that. You wanted to tell me that in 2016, 2017, even 2018, you get a pass for not winning. We're fucking three years past that now. It's time to cash in. And I'm not waiting for anybody. I'm not waiting for anybody. I'm yeah, sorry. We talk about- I don't care. I don't care if Anthony Volpe is Derek Jeter times two. I don't care if Jason Dominguez is Mickey Mantle times three. If I could trade these guys and put pieces on my team, even for one fucking year to put the Yankees back into the World Series, I'm doing it. The pro- I'm sorry. The problem I'm is that fucking... I'm that I'm sorry, let me just say this. I'm that fucking short sighted right now because I'm I'm sick and fucking tired of not being a legitimate World Series team. The problem is we went so many years, you know, with having that short sightedness. We were we were spoiled. We had so many good teams. And then we got a taste of what it felt like to to plan for the future. And it's like too many fans have have are like clinging on to that. And not realizing, somehow not realizing that things still need to come to fruition. And when you're rebuilding, when you're having process, you know, when you're doing this, you're getting the prospects in, you're trading for guys, the, that needs to come to fruition at some point. You can't sit here and tell me now that you're still protecting any type of prospect when we have the evidence, the evidence is out that not only can the have the Yankees failed at nurturing most of these prospects, but they also haven't won or come really come close to winning since they rebuilt. And like we said, it's been a regression. 2017, they were a game away. And it's gone backwards. You can't sit here and, and plan for the future anymore when you did that just so recently and it, and it just hasn't worked out. You have to do all it, everything that it takes to say this is it. You're getting to the end here. You need to capitalize on the 2022 season, especially when you have a guy in Garrett Cole who's here for 10 years, and for the back end of that contract, he's not going to be your ace. No. You need to win now. You need to win now. Well, uh, <clears throat> the next uh... – Choice was no, he's a cheater. 15% of fans voted for that. But overwhelmingly, 64% of fans did vote yes because he's the best available shortstop. So that was good. I mean, people are kind of using their heads there. Yeah. Um, look, I don't, again, like I said this and I say it again, I'm way past, I'm way over 2017. If I legitimately thought the Yankees didn't win the pennant because the Astros cheated, Maybe I would feel different, but I watched the way they played in Houston. They mm. couldn't hit for shit. Yeah, I think what they Chris did they score even three? They might have scored three runs in in four games I in think, Houston. I think I know the last two games. I think they scored two and one. Maybe they, I, honestly, I think they were shut out in the final game. Maybe they, they were. Maybe like, it was like two nothing or three nothing. 
I'm going to look but, it up now. Let's see here. Okay, game one in Houston, they scored one run. Game two in Houston, they scored one run. Uh, game six in Houston, they scored one run. And game seven in Houston, they scored zero runs. So they scored three runs in four games. So, again, tell me how Houston cheating cost the Yankees the LCS. Those are going to tell me that their pitchers had some magic potion that they were using to keep the Yankees from scoring. You want to talk about cheating? I mean, in the first two games in Houston, if they were cheating, they weren't doing too good. They weren't too good at it. They only scored four runs total. It was two to one in both of those, those games in Houston. When they came back, they had a big blowout game, game six where you kind of just felt like that was it for the Yankees. They won 7-1. And then even in Game 7, they put up four runs. If your offense is there, that's a that's a winnable game. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I it, you just got to get over it, dude. If he comes here, and I know, I don't know, it was last week, whatever, people might have read a comment, was like, I'll boo him. Okay, well, boo him, dude. I mean, he, he if he's a Yankee, I mean. Can I be honest with you? What's that? My hatred for Correa has literally nothing to do with the cheating scandal. As a as an organization as a whole, I I put the cheating scandal, I don't think of the players, I just think of the organization as a whole. When I my hatred for Carlos Correa comes from to, solely from his attitude. I don't like the things he says. I think I think that he is a guy who can definitely be adjusted and, and be a good clubhouse guy here. My hatred for him comes from just the, the now when you want to talk about cheating and a guy like Alex Bregman, I might, I might hate him a little for the cheating because of how, how fake his fucking apologies were and all that shit. Carlos Correa is just openly an asshole. And yeah, he I, didn't give a fuck. He doesn't give a fuck, but you know what? At least he's, at least he's genuine about it. Alex Bregman's like, please, I'm sorry. Feel bad for me. And then two days later, he's like, fuck you. Fuck you for booing me. Let's read a couple comments on the uh, on the uh, Correa poll here. This is at Boo Sullivan underscore absolutely age, skill set, statistics. He's the best all-around shortstop that is available. He's a natural villain, perfect for a fully operational Death Star. Mm, I like you. A boy... Our boy Ryan, stadium status. The Ooh. whole idea of blocking a potential star by signing Correa is bullshit. If Volpe is can't miss, believe me, he'll find a spot in a lineup. Having too many great players and not enough position is a problem I take any day. You know what, Ryan? And I'll even go as far as to say this to, to defend you on that. How many times has this team had a problem of having too many good players at positions and then all of a sudden, with the blink of an eye, so many guys go down or so many guys don't pan out that now you're scrambling. I mean, it was just a couple... I'm old enough to remember a couple of years ago when the Yankees had a surplus of outfielders. And now we can't even find one to play center field. So, so you know what? Your point, 100%. If Volpe or Peraza is good enough, even if Correa is here on a 10-year deal, they will make their way into this lineup. 
We'll read one more here. Uh, this is from Kenny Farley. Career 277 hitter, never hit above 26 home runs or 100 runs batted in. Solid player, not giving him 300 million. You want to improve the offense, it should, which should be a priority. You go with Freddie Freeman. Kenny, go out yourself, first of all. Second of all, I'll say you go after Freddie Freeman and Carlos Correa. Oh, yes, yes. Yes, you do. Okay. All right. Okay. And one more on. Uh, let's read one more. Okay. Okay. The fans were the fans were so kind, so kind fans. Um, this is from Compact Sweetie. Uh, yes, he's a solid, consistent player. Something his team has clearly lacked the past few seasons. Not only good at shortstop, he's a good hitter. It's a win-win with him. Okay. Uh, okay. Do you think I'm right. a Do you think I'm a fucked up husband? Because I never wished my wife a happy anniversary on the show. Do you think that fuck? Do you think that makes me a shitty husband? Is what I'm asking. Your anniversary is like a fucking month ago. I know, dude, but I I forgot to fucking do it, and she's been giving me a lot of shit about it, and it's like I feel the tension, so I got to say it. I got to say it a month late. Yeah, you know what I got to say? That I Meg? love her and happy anniversary. Go fouch yourself, Doctor. Go fouch yourself. <laughs> I only brought that up because I was going to say something. And then I, doing this show, we've been recording for about an hour and 20 minutes. I've gotten, does your wife do this to you? I've gotten about 17 TikToks that she sent me to watch. Does your wife uh, do that I'm to you? Talk, I'm on TikTok, but I don't use it. No, you don't use it, but you abuse it. You scroll. No. You don't watch videos nonstop on the top. Mm, I don't really know how to search for what I'm looking for. Ryan uses it. SGR uses it. You know, I right to now. Go yank. Come, you know, I'm fancy like Applebee's, bro. That's all I really know about TikTok right I now. Fucking hate that song. But I love it's my wife you, and happy anniversary, baby. Because you're, you're not bougie like because you're not bougie like Natty, bro. I drink Natty. You want to pop a couple Natties? No, not Natty Bow. Natty Ice. Nat, I know Natty Ice, but I drink Natty Bow. Fucking headache the last time I drank Natty Ice. What about the last time you drank Natty Bow? Did you drink that at my wedding? I got fucking hammered off Natty Bow at your wedding. Was any one of my groomsmen sober at my wedding? One of I my groomsmen no had to go home early. He didn't even know where he was. I tell you, it, it, got, it almost got to that point when we got to the venue, when we were getting ready to go out for the reception. I just sit there and, and really contemplate life at that point. Well, I got to say, if we're going to talk about my anniversary, we'll talk about my wedding for a second. Watching the video, watching my wedding video, your entrance, like when they announce all the groomsmen and the bridesmaids and whatnot, your entrance is by far my favorite. Do you remember what you did? I have no clue. You came out. And you get, I don't know what wrestler it is, but you came out and you just pulled the jacket open and you were like, fuck you. I'm here. Like whatever you did, you just pulled the jacket open and gave him one of these with the arms wide open. I was drunk. It was great. It was a great moment. I'll send you a screenshot of it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we can go down this rabbit hole forever, but we should get to the uh, first base poll here. Uh, of the players that I listed in this poll, what is your preference for the Yankees in 2022 to be the first baseman? 4% are people are complete morons. Sorry if you feel this way. They voted for Luke Voigt. <laughs> How many people voted total? Uh, five, 524. And how many voted for him? 
four uh, percent. That means twenty-one people voted for Luke Voigt. How twenty-one people? Uh, do you think it was twenty-one slips of the finger? I really do. I have to believe that. I have to give the fans more credit than that. All right, Anthony Rizzo finished at third with sixteen percent. Freddie Freeman was thirty-three percent, and then Matt Olson won the poll at forty-seven percent. Yeah, look, I'm not going to knock Matt Olson. I think he's a phenomenal player, but we talk about this all the time where, you know, Rizzo just fit like a glove here in his short time here. Fred, I have to imagine Freddie Freeman would would multiply that tenfold. He's just, he's a Yankee. I need him. If he's available, I need him. And this is, as I said earlier in the show, like this was my be the Yankees, say fuck you moment and go and get Freddie Freeman. Like I didn't think there was anything really to that because again, we really never thought he was going to leave Atlanta. And then you started hearing these reports as the lockout was getting close to that. There was smoke there between the Yankees and Freeman and that the A's and Atlanta were going to make a deal or we're talking about potentially making a deal for Matt Olson. And this has been my stance the whole time. Go spend the fucking money on position players because they're available. Save your chips to get starting pitching. Well, can I just say this? You can also look at it in, in this sense. The Where the Yankees stand right now, we and we just talked about it, you don't sacrifice getting good players at the expense of your future, right? Because your prospects are nothing right now. However, when there's options However, out there who are better or just as good, that you can buy with money and still preserve the future or preserve those pieces for something else that you need. You do it. You do it every day. You wake up and you do it. And if Freddie Freeman is truly available, that makes 10 times more sense than going out and getting Matt Olson. I'm sorry. I loved Rizzo. I really did. And I said it when he got here. I said, I hope his stay is more than just a cameo. But honestly... You said you'll be disappointed if the Yankees do wind up with story. I'm going to be disappointed if Anthony Rizzo's the first baseman in 2022. I got to say, I disagree with you there. I will be disappointed if they if if Freeman was truly available and Matt Olson was truly available, which it sounds like they are, and Rizzo was more of a just safe here it is contract then I'll be disappointed, but I won't be disappointed in the player because I think Rizzo still makes his team a much better team. If the Yankees are doing it to either cheap out or just for a security blanket because they know what they're going to get out of Rizzo, then I'm not okay with it. I see. I'd be disappointed because I just value Freddie Freeman so much that much higher. And I think Olsen has that much more, Potential than we than Rizzo at this point in his career. What cannot absolutely cannot happen, and Brian Cashman should literally be put in a fucking saw trap. Pick one from any of the nine fucking saw movies, the the most gruesome, painful mm. one imaginable. If Luke Voigt is the fucking starting first oh, baseman, one hundred percent. Listen, any dude who plays wiffle ball with his four year old son. And lets his son pitch to him, and he just fucking smashes it so far that his kid's crying. Is a guy I want on my team, and Freddie Freeman is that guy. Did you ever see that video? Yeah, I've seen it. That's the guy I want on this team. And you know, if the Yankees end up with Rizzo, I'm absolutely not going to be upset. 
But like you said, if Luke Voigt is penciled in as the starting first baseman, it will be the first time I truly question why I root for this team anymore. It will be, I will truly question it because that just can't happen. And to, to the Luke Voigt fans out there My wife. that always want to say, oh, he gets, why, why is he so disrespected? All he comes and he does is he hit dot, dot, dot when healthy. The guy is fucking, he's an, he's injury plagued. He is. Okay. No more when healthies. I can't have any more when Excuse healthies me. when there's, when there's other guys out there. And you want to say that I always gave Aaron Judge a pass? That's fine. I'm not being hypocritical, though, because in this sense, when Aaron Judge is healthy and on the field like he was this past season, is Aaron Judge a top 10 player in Major League Baseball? Absolutely. When Luke Voigt is healthy and on the field, is he a top 50 player in Major League Baseball? Top 50, maybe. Mm, top 30, the, top 30 pushing it. Top listen, 50? listen, Luke Voigt is the guy who is ranked 49th and walks around telling people he's a top 50 guy in baseball. Okay. That that's fair. Cause he's right on the brink. But I, I would really have to deep dive that. I don't think he cracks the top 50. Um, maybe, maybe during the COVID season he does. Okay. Overall big picture. Now he was a top 20 player in the COVID season. Big to long-term career. No, I definitely not. Yeah, I agree. And here's the biggest thing about Luke Voigt, why he can't be the first baseman this year. He's not a fucking first baseman. Yeah, and uh, he's uh, he's not a lefty. I, I want a lefty over there. That's it. I, I want a I lefty mean, on, dude, in the lineup. And here's another thing that I value so much more from Freeman than Olsen. What does Freddie Freeman just do? Um, I believe, and I'll check... On ESPN, on my ESPN app or on Google, but I believe he just won a World Series. And how many players on the Yankees currently have have done that? Um, again, I'll have to Google it, but I believe zero. Okay, so that's another that's another check for Freddie Freeman, just like it's a check for Carlos Correa. Is you're going to put guys in this clubhouse that have won, and people people downplay that. That goes a long fucking way, dude. It's not zero because Chapman is still here. And Whatever. He's got that he doesn't in the fucking Cubs. count. But let me just say one thing. But it's a very, very, very minuscule number. You it know, might only be Chapman. You know how we talked about guys being hungry and how Garrett Cole was right at the brink of being a world champion and he, and he didn't get it? Though That's all fine and dandy when you're talking about an ace who's going to come here and lead the way. But when now you're talking about putting guys behind him and building a team that you want to win, that you want to win with. Do you know how far it goes to have guys who have won, who have tasted it? Because any guy who hasn't might think he has the hunger, but he doesn't truly know how good that fucking tastes. Guys like Freddie Freeman, Carlos Correa, once you have that victory, that's all you want. That's all you fucking think about. That's what you live for. We need to surround guys guys around Garrett Cole if we're going to win while he's in his prime that have tasted it and that want it and live for it. And that's why Correa and fucking Freddie Freeman adding them to this team. Shit. I'll take it any day. Yeah. 
Uh, let's read some comments here. Uh, Joey Kobani. Joey Kobani Gold. He says, I think Olsen is the guy you go and get, and Rizzo should be the backup plan. Olsen is young, had a great season, great defender, solid hitter. I just don't see Freddie as a real possibility. I think he goes to the Brazers or Dodgers. Thanks, fellas. Yeah, listen, I, I'm not going to disagree with you in a sense of I don't know how realistic Freddie Freeman is. It sounds like the Braves were definitely flirting with the idea, but I'm definitely, if it's going to come down to Rizzo or Olsen, I de- I would definitely take Olsen over Rizzo. Oh, yeah. I mean, Rizzo's fucking third on the list and by a large margin. By a large margin. And again, I won't be disappointed. Another champion and a guy who I really think fits in here, but... I love Anthony Rizzo. I really do, dude. Like, I... In any other scenario, like, I would be ecstatic if he came back, but I just think that you have a chance to really change your team in two positions, and Freddie Freeman and Matt Olson can change your team in ways that I don't think Anthony Rizzo can. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I just I just mentioned this, so we'll read this comment. Vincent Mondry says, obviously it's Olsen. I don't know obviously, dude, but... He says, but just sucks how much Voight has fallen out of favor with the fan base. He's done nothing but hit dot, dot, dot when he's been healthy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, at Vin, uh, excuse me, at Talk Vin Talk Freeman, because he's the best player there and the Yankees should be acquiring the best player possible. Only takes money to get him. Olsen uh, requires players that can be used mm-hmm. to acquire pitching or center fielder. Center fielder. Dead on. Dead on. All right. So let's close out with this. Okay. I just want to get your take on it. We right. to, uh, right. want to talk about it for like fucking an hour and a half. Okay. Yeah. Cause we're uh, an hour and 36 and I want to be with my wife because we are going to start banging. Oh, okay. You already have 10 kids, so... No, no more kids. I'm going to butcher his name, uh, but, you know, that's me being a white guy from New Jersey. New Jersey. Uh, uh, Seiya Suzuki, uh, he's he's going to be posted uh, after the lockout, apparently. He's 27 years old. His slash line was 317, 433, 636, uh, last year, he hit 38 home runs uh, in 134 games last year in Japan. Um, it's because of the posting fee. Um, he will command probably a deal around five for $55 million did, a year. Did you see the tweet where I forget who it was? I would credit him if I, if I remembered comparing his... 26 year season, you know, in his 26 year, whatever age season, comparing him to Hideki Matsui. They're almost, they're, they're almost dead on in every, in every way. A report came out again, right around the time of the lockout, uh, that the blue Jays, Red Sox and Yankees have been very aggressive in their pursuit of Suzuki. Um, we know the Yankees need help in the outfield. He doesn't really profile as a center fielder. I guess the Yankees would either trade Gallo, which would mean Hicks would be the fucking center fielder, which blow my brains out, please. Um, or Gallo would play center field. Um, do you like this move? Like if the Yankees go after this guy, are you okay with I- For sure. For sure. 
And like I said, I, I'm just bringing up the tweet. I, I'm not going to be able to find it, but I, I loved the comparison with, with Matsui and their same, you know, same age when they were in Japan coming off that season. It was so dead on. And if I can go back to one guy who just, I just think about a fuck as a fucking winner who came here and lit, lit it up and lived up to everything we could have imagined, it's Hideki Matsui. And if you can find me a guy that's comparable and young and can play the outfield, I'm taking this kid. Def, I def, look, tell me, tell me what options are out there that you're more confident in at this point. Oh, I wouldn't say there are any, but I just think it is a, it's still a risk. Uh, with a Japanese player, because you never know how it's going to translate over here. Yeah, but for the most part, it, it's translated pretty well. I think the Yankees guys have putting had up better, those numbers. I think the Yankees have had better success because of Tanaka and Matsui that at the Yankees. But then there's fucking Kagawa. So yeah, I mean, but <laughs> yeah, but I think yeah, but if you if you if we're gonna credit, I mean, Brian Cashman for as shitty as as he's been in some aspects. There's a lot of areas where, where you can say he's one of the best out there. One of them has been with international players, whether that be from, you know, DR or Japan. He's done a pretty good job. And when he takes that money and he spends it on guys, they usually, more times than not, I feel like, pan out for this team. And I wouldn't mind this move. I really wouldn't. Because there's no one else out there that really in a, in, is exciting, in a, and I don't think the risk is that is as high as you think. In addition to getting Freddie Freeman and Carlos Correa, oh, absolutely! It better not be you know at the expense of them. I mean, you can't get this kid and then say, "Yeah, well, now we can't get those guys." Absolutely not. Because you should be fucking curb stomped if you say that. Right? Absolutely. All right. So, uh, okay, okay. Uh, Didn't you want? So, I know we're running so fucking long. Didn't you want to bring up one more thing about Cuck Walter with the Clappish story? Yeah. Uh, allegedly, yeah. allegedly, allegedly, uh, the Yankees because Buck Walter interviewed for the Mets job. I he's think he's going to get, get it. One hundred percent. I think he's. I think he's going to get it. If uh-huh. I could put a bet on that, I would right now. You might be able to go on DraftKings. I might. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look at it while you bring it up. Um, allegedly the Yankees were thinking about firing Boone mid season and replacing him with Buck Showalter. I don't know how much I buy that because well, it seemed like the Yankees, if the Yankees wanted to fire Boone in August, yeah. they really didn't, uh, they really didn't even try yeah. to make him think his job was in jeopardy. Uh, let me just put it into re- context of how much this should be taken with a grain of salt. The person who tweeted this tweeted, Bob Clappish said the Yankees were thinking of hiring Buck Walter in the summer. And then they tweeted a screenshot of a DM from apparently, supposedly from Bob Clappish, but they crop the picture so that you can't see who, who's sending the message. So it would seem as if he should have tweeted a source close to the organization said whatever, because if you're going to just go out and name who it was, why not show the screenshot of who sent you the message? And the message you got to hide. You can never reveal your sources. But he does in the tweet is my point. So anyway, the message says apparent again allegedly from Bob Clappish. Anyway, to catch you up because you know they're they're pals. 
Buck Showalter had his Zoom interview with the Mets today. Everything I hear says he's the favorite to get the job. I wonder how close Buck came to replacing Boone last August. I'm told the internal debate was quite fierce before Hal decided to stay the course. I don't doubt that there was a debate whether or not they should move on from Boone and hire Buck mm-hmm. in, in October or November, or even at saying that they had talked about that. I don't think there was, they ever really got close to firing Aaron Boone in the seat during the season. I just don't, that I don't believe I don't see it. I don't when it, they'd say like a fierce debate, internal debate. I don't see that being true. I really don't because there was no hesitant, hesitancy to yeah, hire no hesitation Boone. whatsoever and it wasn't it wasn't just a one-year him. contract it was a fucking, four fucking yeah, years come on so so how how was it a fierce fucking debate what honestly changed in, from august to october other than them being <laughs> fucking embarrassed in the postseason if, if, anything, if anything the debate should have yeah, got yeah. more fierce so i don't so know I don't take know. that with a grain of salt but i do uh, you know i do definitely expect buck to get the job and only because I'm not saying Buck is the best candidate. He's the sexiest candidate. And, you know, King Stevie's all about the headlines right now. Oh, yeah. That's all he ever is about. You know, and fuck you, Steven Matz, because you fucking, you and your goddamn agent really pissed him off. And he's like, yo, I'm worth $14 billion, bitch. Look what I can do. (laughs) Yep. All right, so today is, we're recording on December 8th, so if we look at the calendar here, okay, we'll do this real quick, okay, okay, we need that guy right back, okay? Please, stop yanking. All right, so our next show, okay, will be the week of Christmas, the weekend of the 19th. That will be our last show for 2021. Okay, I, I I have 10 days or so to figure it out. I want to do so. We should do something special for the last show of the year and the last show without the network. You know, yes. like, absolutely. We should do something special we'll here. Figure it out. And, and judging on the way things are going, I doubt we'll have any real stuff to talk about. Yeah, I don't think we'll anything's going to be resolved. We'll make it okay. fun. Okay. So, again, thank you very much for your continued support of the show. Please, please be on the lookout. Uh, Saturday afternoon sometime for the big announcement, where we're going, who we're going to be with. Uh, very excited about it. Uh, please go to patreon.com slash NYYST. Um, follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore NYYST. Where do they follow you? At Chris Jr. underscore NYYST, I think. We're not going to give the – we're changing the uh, the handle on the main account. Uh, yeah. we, so we'll – Should it just we'll, – you, you want to talk about it? Should it just be at NYYST? Should it be at MYYST podcast? Underscore podcast. Underscore podcast. Okay. We'll talk about it. Uh, I don't I don't know. I think it just I kind of like MYYST. I kind of like that. Mm, I don't know. It might be taken. We could look into right, it. We'll look into it. Okay. So the the, uh, the handle on the main account will be changing in the next few days, but definitely, you know, follow the fellas. Okay. Okay. The fellas. All right. Thank you for listening to episode 261. One, all right. You're Mickey Mantle for Christ's sake. Mickey Mantle for Christ. Fuck is that supposed to matter? All right, Chris. Say goodbye. Uh.